Amen. Shall we all stand and let's have a closing prayer? <laughs> Aim. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> talagang tatayo talaga kayo. <laughs> Masunurin talaga. Naiyak ako doon. <laughs> Um, that's even more difficult to follow after that song. But uh, I just appreciate those two special music uh, today. Um, it's a blessing. Thank you, Brother Dennis, for that wonderful song. Now, also the duet we have. Um, uh, Brother Bobby didn't mention, but maybe, um, of course, he is very humble. He doesn't want to mention it, but I think he was the one who wrote that song. He made that song. And, uh, wow, imagine, right? Um, thank you for really sharing that beautiful song before us um, today um, and the song is about the grace of God amen and we're always blessed every time we we study and we hear about God's grace in our lives well what a good attendance we have this afternoon I noticed we have uh, some visitors and um, uh, I believe they're not visitors to us uh, they've been here a couple of times um, I think on my right the relatives of uh, Sister Joanne, and also on my right, same thing, relatives of Sister Joanne. But I remember uh, Brother Elmer, right? Brother Elmer, he was here. I don't know the last time he was here, but one of the things I remember about him is his deep voice. You know, when he came here and then when he like uttered some words, I thought there was a missionary in our midst, but he, you know, he's, he's just a pilot. <laughs> He's just a pilot, but we're so glad that you can join us in this afternoon worship service. And of course, everyone's presence. We're so blessed to um, really be here in God's, um, God's house to worship and praise Him, right? Um, this whole day that we can really do this. Without further ado, I'd like to invite everyone to please uh, rise. Shall we all stand, please? <laughs> so this is not a joke anymore, <laughs> all right? Okay, so... Acts chapter 16, verse 24, we're just going to be reading two verses, and this is, just, this is such a great honor and privilege for me once again to preach God's word, and I hope that we will all be um, committed and devoted this time, um, just grasping and meditating upon the word of God. Acts chapter 16, verse 24, and verse number 25, since there are only two verses that we're going to read, shall we read it all together? Are you there? Amen. Verse 24, ready now, begin. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your faithfulness, and for your grace, your mercy. And right at this time that we have uh, the freedom, we have this um, sacred time to ponder upon your word. Just by reading it, we're, all, we're already blessed. And with all the things uh, before this, Lord, that, that really conditioned our hearts, all the songs that we have uh, sang in our congregation, the special songs that we have uh, heard from the special people you have used this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, so much for... Truly, we just want to devote all of those songs for, for Thee because You are deserving to be worshipped 
and to be praised. And right now, we want to ask forgiveness from all our sins. Lord, I pray that you cleanse our hearts and make us worthy through the a person of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that we cannot do anything, Lord, without um, your help and your power in our midst. And we also pray for the Spirit's um, leading and conviction in our hearts, his, um, his omnipotent power that can really uh, touch our hearts. Lord, I pray that it will be evident in our midst this afternoon. And may you be glorified. Hide me behind thy cross. This is all I pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You may now be seated. Well, just by reading the title, I don't know what would be your impression and reaction reading the title of our message this afternoon. Happiness in prison. It feels like I want to get imprisoned, right? <laughs> All right, so this is a very familiar story in the Bible, and we have read verse 24 and 25 of the book of Acts. But before that, let me just share uh, something that happened during our Bible study last Friday. Amen. Are you, uh, are you church enjoying your Bible study um, gatherings every Friday? We always thank God it's Friday, right? Because we can see our brethren, uh, we can fellowship with one another, we can study God's word together, and most not most especially, part of it is we get to enjoy, eat the sumptuous meal that our loving brethren and caring brethren have prepared for us. And um, we also enjoyed our meal last Friday in our group. But before I share some incident that happened uh, leading to that, let me just share the, the lesson that we have uh, talked about last, uh, that I taught last Friday because we believe that, you know, we are approaching Thanksgiving and thank God because one of our members uh, really have a heart and uh, the labor of love to decorate this, uh, this place uh, with some backdrop. And also someone asked us to, you know, wear something that is related to fall, like yellow color. So we were all excited to be here. And I shared about uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that chapter from verses 12 down to verse number 18. I believe we are all familiar. The verses 16 to 18. Right? What is 1 Thessalonians 5.16? Rejoice evermore, 17. Pray without ceasing, and then 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. But the title of that lesson is actually our duties to, the start of the chapter of that uh, book is our duties to those who serve our duties to those who serve that can be found in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 5. And our duties to those who serve is to recognize them and also to esteem them highly in love. Amen. We are very taught in this church that we have to honor the man of God, those people who are serving and ministering in our church. That's why we have pastor's appreciation. That's why we have deacon's appreciation. Uh, teachers appreciation because we just want to honor them because that is what the Bible is telling us. Those are our duties to those who serve. The following two verses, verses 14 and 15, are duties to those in need. Our duties to those in need to warn the unruly, to comfort the, the faint-hearted, to uphold the weak, to be patient with all, to tender to no one, evil for evil, to pursue what is good for us and for all. 
So those two duties are for other people. But don't you know that the last duty is for our own spiritual well-being? The duties to ourselves that can be found from verse 16 to 18, to rejoice always, rejoice evermore. That is our duty to ourselves, to our spiritual uh, well-being, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in everything. In one word, our duty to ourselves is to be joyful, to be prayerful, and to be thankful. Amen? To be thankful. And praise God because that was our lesson that night. <laughs> uh, what happened is, um, Pastor Sam, I don't know if you already know this, <laughs> but Pastor Sam mentioned that there was a fellowship that happened here because we invited um, uh, the Abante's wife to fellowship with us and with the big heart of Pastor Jether and his generosity, he cooked a lot of food. There's shrimp, there's ribs, uh, there's even a lot of kinds of vegetables, salad, what else? Salmon. A lot, a lot. So although there was really a lot of us here, and we have Chinese pancit, pancit Chinese noodles. Chinese noodles. So after the gathering, although there's a lot of us, there's still a lot of leftovers. And of course, what we, what, what we do when there's a lot of leftovers, the, uh, they did not take it home, but they put it in the fridge. And they were like saying, oh, we're going to have Bible study tomorrow. Maybe we can have that and eat that. I'm not sure if Pastor Sam heard about it. <laughs> because Sister Nelly was also here, who was part of our group, and she was helping, you know, cleaning up and putting all those a lot of leftovers in the fridge of our church. So thinking that could be our food the next day. So Friday comes, early in the morning, she called Sister Angie. Oh, Sister Angie, we're going to have a lot of food tonight. There's this and that, there's this and that. So Sister Angie, I told them it's going to be a potluck Friday. So Sister Angie, knowing that there's going to be a lot of food, she didn't bring any. And I think she also had work, so she didn't get a chance to really bring something. Um, so when we came here, thank God because Sister Lala didn't know about it, and also Sister Astrid, so they still brought some food. And praise God for that. <laughs> Sister um, Lala brought some spaghetti, and Sister Astrid cooked, no, ordered, ordered from Boston Market uh, chicken. So that is what we shared. And expecting still, Sister Nelia, she even brought some containers with her coming here. Can you imagine that? And when she came here, she was like, oh, they were still on their way. And she's asking, oh, you should reheat, them. You should reheat all the food right now because as soon as we come here, we're just going to eat. You know? And we're looking at the fridge, and there's only the Chinese food noodles and it's not even a lot and we're looking for the ribs we're looking for the shrimps i don't know what happened so we're clueless um pastor sam can give you an answer to that <laughs> but it was just gone and we were just so laughing and we were teasing her 
you know, like the whole night, it was all about, I thought we we're going to have a lot of food. And we're just having a really great time laughing. Because, yes, there's not a lot of food like we used to be, but I know that the reason why we are there is the fellowship with one another. We're not after the food. Amen? Baptist? Amen? Every time we have gathering, we are not after the food. We're always after eternal things, spiritual things. Pero hindi maalis sa atin as Baptist yung pagkain talaga. Meron ako nakita, Brother Gilbert, show it. Imagine if Baptists were in charge of the Last Supper. <laughs> it would look like that. <laughs> That's a meme from Baptist memes, all right? But we just really had a great time um, last Friday, even though we did not have a lot of food. But we enjoyed really the fellowship, the laughter. Um, the, the word of God, because the lesson says, rejoice always, amen, and in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. So we are so rejoicing, and we are so happy last Friday, are we? <laughs> All right, and speaking of being happy, um, the title of our lesson tonight is, this afternoon, is Happiness in Prison. And this is a story about Paul and Silas. We are very familiar of these two characters in the Bible. But Paul and Silas had interrupted the financial gain of the Philippian occult movement. Um, in verse 16 to 19, if we're going to read that, um, in the same book, chapter 16, verse 16 to 19, here is what happened, why they were put into prison. In verse 16, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. This is like the occult. Um, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. But this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. So what Paul did here, was it a good thing or a bad thing? It's definitely a good thing. But how come they were put into prison? And he came out the same hour. And verse 19, And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. So they did something not that bad. Not bad, actually. It's a good thing. It's a right thing, especially for that damsel who is being used for the gain of other people. But for some reason, they were put into prison. Notice the conditions of Paul and Silas were in when they were put into prison. We're going to... Um, uh, look at verse 19. We, we see there that they were caught. They were caught and dragged into the marketplace unto the rulers. So what they experience here is degradation. Imagine you're being dragged by doing something good. The Bible says they were not taken, but they were dragged. It's degrading for them. 
in verse 20 and 21, and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. They were lied on. They experienced deception. In verse number 22, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off, rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. They had their clothes ripped off in public. Imagine if you're in their shoes. That is humiliation. They were humiliated. In verse 23, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. You know, all I'm thinking reading this verse, I thought, like reading the phrase that Paul and Silas was put into prison, you know, you thought like they were just taken there. But a lot of things happened. A lot of, you know, um, bad things happened to them. They were bitten with many stripes. They experienced persecution. They were persecuted. In verse 24, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. You know, they were put into the inner prison. They experienced isolation. They were by themselves. You know, they used to be with other disciples. They have freedom. They can do anything they want. But by doing a good thing, they were isolated. They were put into the inner prison. And latter part of that, verse 24, they had their feet fast in stocks. You know what? I was imagining there's like a chain, you know, in their feet. But there's a picture that I saw. This is actually what happened. The stocks. They had their feet fast in stocks. They were limited, limited to doing something. So they experienced degradation, deception, humiliation, persecution, isolation, limitation. Imagine that. Imagine if you're in that kind of situations. And don't you know that there are several great Bible characters found themselves in prison in the Bible? We know Joseph, Joseph the dreamer. He was also thrown in jail in prison. He was falsely accused and he was rejected by his family. Even Samson was thrown in prison in Judges chapter 16 verse 21 and they even put his eye out. You know because these Philistines, they, um, we know that Samson is very strong and he is a man of God and when they found out the secret to his strength, you know, is it the hair? You know, the presence of God in his life, you know, but when his hair was cut, you know, he lost his strength and he was defeated. He was put into prison. He, they put his eye out. Even the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 33, verse 1, if we're going to look there, can, you, can we um, read the scripture? I, I think I did not um, prepare for that verse on the screen. But Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1, the Bible says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Even Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, was put into prison. You know, he had committed no crime except to speak out the policies of his nation's leaders declaring God's command and message. You know, these are People of God who have done nothing wrong in their lives, but still, they were 
wrong. They were put into prison. They were in prison not because they did something wicked or bad. They did actually something good. You know, this is when good things, this is when doing good things become bad. Not actually bad, but in other people's eyes, they are bad. But we know that in the eyes of God, it is good. Amen? But there is a note here. There's more than one kind of prison. There is more than one kind of prison. You may find yourself in a situation that feels like you're in prison. You don't have to be literally against, you know, bars to be isolated, to be humiliated, to be persecuted, to be limited. But we can be in a situation wherein we are like in a prison. David felt like he was in prison. In Psalm 142, verse 7. Are you still with me? Yes. Amen. Psalm 142, verse 7, the Bible says, Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall come past me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. David like, felt like he was in prison. Also, we have Jonah. He felt like he was in prison when he was in the belly of the whale. In Jonah chapter 2, verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars about me forever. But I think Jonah did something bad. That's why he's there, right? But if we're going to just, you know, try to put ourselves in, in his life, in his shoes, why would you really go to a place, to a people, to preach God's word there for them to be saved, knowing that they have wronged your own people, Right? That's why Jonah is not really wholeheartedly, I really don't want to go there, Lord. So instead of going to Nineveh, he went to Tarshish. And God did something. You know, you may find yourself in a situation that feels like prison. Prison of sickness. Prison of physical pain. Prison of battles. Emotional, social Challenges in life, prison of abuse, prison of injustice. You feel like you're stuck in a certain place, in a place you didn't intend to be, but you're there, and you're suffering, and you're uncomfortable. But let me tell you this afternoon that you can still have true happiness in prison. Amen? Amen. There is joy in jail. Amen? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Note here that Paul wrote this verse while in prison. Imagine that. He wrote rejoice evermore. Rejoice in the Lord always while he was in prison. In verse 25, we find an amazing response to this predicament. The Bible says, if we're going to go back to chapter 16, verse 25, and when they had laid, uh, verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Imagine after being persecuted, after being isolated, after being humiliated, after being done, 
wicked things, still they were able to pray to God, and not just pray, but also sing praises to God. And also here, when the prisoners heard them, they were able to witness to someone. Imagine that. We find Paul and Silas praying and singing praises unto God. It was so loud that the other prisoners heard them. They had true happiness in prison for several reasons. So that is just an introduction. Amen? Amen. We have three main points this afternoon, but I'm starting to really dry up right now. So, you know, I'm a quick preacher. Amen? So it's going to be quick three points. Amen? Amen. 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 Do we have food after? No, no, amen. <laughs> All right. Kung sino may birthday dyan. Side note, before we dive into the main points, I was really uh, blessed by uh, the, the gesture that Brother Bobby um, showed last Wednesday because I know Sister Alice, they're going to travel to Boston, but I heard that she's going to be back for Sunday. So I know it's going to be her birthday tomorrow. So I know if I approach Sister Alice, she would always say yes. But the thing is, she is providentially hindered. But still, I approached her. Sister Alice, can you sing this Sunday? Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to Boston. Oh, I thought you were going to be, here, be back here Sunday. No, we can't make it. So maybe Brother Bobby saw my face. And I did not approach him. All of a sudden, before he head out, he said, Okay, I'm just going to sing in place of my wife. Isn't that a, an amazing gesture? So thank you, Brother Bobby. <laughs> um, so we have a new trend right now. If, <laughs> if your other half is not available, maybe someone can replace. If they say no to me, I'm going to look for <laughs> A replacement, but I'm just really appreciative, Brother Bobby, for, for doing that. And it was a blessing, amen? So, are you ready? First of all, they had true happiness in prison for several reasons. Number one, simply, these are just very simple points, because they were saved. Are you saved this afternoon? Do you have the salvation that you are very sure 100%? Let me ask that again. I want a loud amen. Or maybe just few are saved here. Are you saved? Amen. amen. And, you know, um, as a Christian, as Baptists, we are very confident that we are saved, not because of whatever we have done in our lives, amen, but it's because of all what God has done for us, you know, what Christ has done for us. That's why we can boldly say 100%. Because it is only by God's grace that we can really be saved. It says here, salvation is the greatest thing that can happen to anybody. That's why, you know, Christians, even we are in the midst of suffering and problems and challenges of life, we can still rejoice forevermore and always because we know that our life is in the hands of God. Not just our life here in this world, but even our life after this life. Amen? Amen. Salvation is the greatest thing. Luke, 20, uh, Luke 10 verse 20, the Bible says, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice 
You know, this part is they were rejoicing because they were able to do some great things because God has given them power. You know, those apostles, those disciples, and they were like so happy. Wow, this is so cool. But God said, the Lord told them, rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice not because you can do those things, but rejoice because you are the son of God. Rejoice because you are a child of God. You know, a person that is saved is a person that has been forgiven. Amen. A person that is saved is a person that is not going to hell. A person that is going to a prepared place for us. A person that is saved is a person that has God as our father, that we can always go directly to him. Just like our, you know, heavenly father who can always listen to us, who can always hear us. You know, a person that is saved is a person who is experiencing God's unconditional love, wonderful grace, and endless mercy in our lives. Psalm 21, verse 1, the Bible says, The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Psalms 132, verse 16, I will also clothe her priest with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Habakkuk 3.18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So let me tell you this afternoon, if you are saved, you have all the reason. We have all the reason to be joyful. Amen. Amen. We have all the reason to rejoice. The jailer sprang in asking how to be saved. He knew that there was no way they could pray and sing under those circumstances if they weren't saved. Maybe this prisoner was like, you know, he is really puzzled. You know where you are, right? They were in prison, but they were rejoicing. They were singing praises to God. You know, maybe he's thinking they were crazy. But you know, Paul and Silas, they were genuinely happy. They were rejoicing. It is not a forced joy. It is not a forced happiness because deeply inside of them, they know that they are in God's hands and they are saved and they are safe. Whatever happens to them. You know, let me tell you this afternoon that the world is watching to see how we respond to persecution. The world is watching how we respond to suffering. You know, the world is watching how we respond to difficult situations in our lives, our challenges in our lives. You know, I don't discredit that, yes, it is painful to be, you know, to be sick. You know, it is really hard. It is very difficult. But it can, you know, it can always overpower the power of God in our situation. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse and good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. If you know that you are doing the right thing, you are in a good relationship with other people, with God, and you are experiencing pain, let me tell you that the Bible says, ye suffer for well-doing, and God knows what we are going through. And actually, that is one of the reasons why they have true happiness, because the second point, not just they were saved, but also they were suffering. 
wow, what a contradicting statement. How can you be joyful? How can that be a reason for our true happiness if we are suffering? But that is, oh, thank you. So another hour, an hour. <laughs> thank you, Dan. Amen? Amen. What's the first point? They were saved. They were saved. Second, they were, they were suffering. And we've been studying about the reasons why they have true happiness. They were suffering. They have true happiness. This is something actually out of this world. If you're not a Christian, you would never understand this. Why? How could you be happy if you're in the midst of trials, in pain, in suffering, in persecution? Right? What is your reaction if you hear a bad news? We're sad, right? What if you learn that you have cancer? What if you learn that you only have two hours to live? Oh, that's very short. <laughs> that's too short. Maybe 10 days or one month to live. You know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay. Of course, when you hear that bad news, it's not, oh, thank God I'm going to die. Thank God I have cancer. You know, natural response, of course, we're going to be shocked. We're going to be sad. We're going to be devastated. We're going to think about what's going to happen to my future, what's going to happen to my family. You're going to think a lot of things, and you're even going to worry. But how can we still have true happiness when we heard those things? The lesson here is we don't dwell on being sad. Amen? We don't dwell on being so worried. We don't dwell on negative things. But as a Christian, even though we go through sufferings in life because we know that all things work together for good. I'm going to be giving you a lot of verses. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 to 12. Blessed. Amen? It means happy. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. You know, when you're suffering, but you're suffering for the righteousness, of, for, your, uh, for the righteousness, for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, you know, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. James 1, 2-3, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh. Patience. First Peter 1, 6-7, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. First Peter 4, 12 to 14, Beloved, I think not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice 
inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. So let me tell you, if you're in the midst of suffering, you're actually blessed. We are actually blessed. And lastly, amen? They were saved. They were suffering. They have true happiness because they were serving. They were serving. It says, there is no joy like the joy God gives when you're serving him. Amen? They have true happiness because they were serving. To those who are serving God, you know, you try to do your best to proclaim God's word, to expand his kingdom. Sometimes we don't see the, the fruit of our labor, the, the result. But let me ask you, when you're serving God, are you happy? Amen. Amen. If you're not, well, you should. Kasi sayang naman. Nagtrabaho ka na lang, di ka pa masaya. Di ba? But there's no joy like the joy God gives when you're serving Him. And um, I cannot expound this as much as I would, but you know, in our family, that is the legacy my parents. Although, of course, my dad's still living. <laughs> but that's the one they really taught us. You know, we don't know a lot of things outside. Um, growing up, we all we just, you know, do church stuff all our lives. Yes, there are times it's very exhausting and tiring, but it's always rewarding. And there is no other thing that would trade that what our parents have taught us to always serve God. You know, the Queen of Sheba had heard reports of King Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 7. You know how popular uh, Solomon was because of his riches, because of his wisdom. And as a leader of a nation, you would have a lot of servants. And the kinds of servants that Solomon had should be the kind of servants we are. Because how the Queen of Sheba described the servants in chapter 9, verse 7 of Second Chronicles, happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Well, you also hear the wisdom, not from Solomon, but from God. Amen. And the wisdom that Solomon had came also from God. So I think we have to be happy in our service to God. Amen. You know, the happiest people in the world are people that are busy doing what God has called them to do. The most miserable people are self-centered, lazy, entitled, and have no skin in the game. You know that phrase, is no skin in the game? That's actually popularized by Warren Buffett, a famous investor, businessman. 
and uh, this is something that you won't put forth your best effort to make something successful. All right, so that's the meaning of no skin in the game. So if you don't have that, you're the most miser miserable person. The second most miserable people are those that have been called to serve and won't. Now, as Christians, I asked you earlier, are you saved? Amen. Yes, we are. If you are saved, is just few people were called to serve and others are called to sit and enjoy what they are being served of? It is everyone, right? If you are saved, we are all called to serve. Amen. Amen. Whatever God has entrusted us, a task, maybe small task, big task, but I believe that every one of us, now ask yourself, what am I doing? The challenge here is, are you serving? And another question here, another challenge is, where are you serving? And the last is, if you are serving, who are you serving? Because we can be doing something, but, ah, oh, my pastor told me to do this. My mom dragged me <laughs> to do this, you know? Um, but we have to learn as a Christian, whether you're young, you know, we have to know why we are doing things. And we have to know who we are doing things. And hopefully that we are all doing it for our master. Amen? Our God. So here's the real deal. If you are saved, the first point, and then you are suffering, but then in spite of that, you are still serving in any way. Maybe not the way you used to, but because maybe you're in pain, you're sick, you cannot do things anymore, but you still have the desire and you're still doing something to serve God. I believe that it was, that is what an amazing Christian is. If you are saved, you're suffering, but then you are still serving God. You know, I will close with this. Um, just this week, um, there's this church in the Philippines that from time to time I always listen to their broadcast, and I'm kind of like part of their uh, ministry also. Um, there was a young people one of their young people in their church recently, just this week, who's been so sick for the past few months. Uh, actually, there's a picture, Brother Gilbert. Um, I took a picture. Her name is um, Keisha Hizayah Aldana. That's her full name. And unfortunately, she, she passed away just this week. Uh, the church was so devastated. And imagine the family. Uh, there was a time in their live stream, they're raising funds um, just for the meal because they've been in the hospital in Baguio City uh, for like months. So they asked the brethren or anyone who could help and um, I was able to help also just to provide meals for the family. But just this week after a long battle, I think um, he had lupus and she's only, she's on her early 20s. She's in college, and she is very faithful in their church. Actually, that picture, uh, she was teaching virtually. Uh, they have like a, a ministry to the kids online, and she was teaching. 
She was very faithful to God. She was such a, a good kid to her parents. And when I learned that, I even, you know, I'm not even related. I'm not even the family, or I'm not even actually part of that church, but I felt the pain. You know, the suffering that the family are feeling right now. Um, I came to the point where I even asked God, not asking God because of blaming him, because I just want to ask why, you know? You would ask why at a very young age that God would take her. Such a faithful young lady. But you know what? She was found faithful. She was found faithful, and I believe that you know, there's still a comfort, of course. There's always a comfort for the family and for that church. And I believe that he is, she is in heaven right now and heard the commendation from our Savior. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, this Thanksgiving Day, Sometimes it's so easy for us to give thanks to God for all the nice things that we have. But we are also taught to always give thanks even for the trials that we have in this life. But sometimes it's so easy to say that. But when you're actually in the midst of trials, sometimes it's hard to thank God. But as a Christian, God is... God's will for us is still to be thankful in everything. Amen. To be thankful in everything. That's why we have that song. Thank you, Lord. Should I sing it or should you sing it? Thank you, Lord. I know, that's not the song. Thank you, Lord, for the trials that come my way. In that way I can grow each day. As I let you lead, and thank you, Lord, for the patience those trials bring in that process of growing. I can learn to care. Let us thank the Lord in everything in our lives. They have the reason to rejoice and they have true happiness because they were saved, because they were suffering, and they were serving. Let's close in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the encouragement from your word. Thank you, Lord, for your sovereignty. for your mysterious plans in our lives. Thank you because even the bad things that happen in our lives, you can turn them into good. That's how amazing you are. And yes, maybe there are times that we, we really can't understand why. But I know that someday you will reveal to us when we are in glory. I don't know. Maybe 
we might not even get a chance to remember those things because we are just so occupied and consumed by your glory when we see you face to face, Lord. But while we are here, thank you for always being there for us. Thank you for all the good things that we have. Thank you for the salvation that just speaks everything. Thank you for all the blessings that we don't deserve. But Lord, we just want to thank you also for all the challenges that we face in life. We want to thank you for the trials that we are experiencing right now and even those things that will come our way. Lord, help us to be grateful. Help us to be thankful. Thank you, God, for this church, for this church family that we have, for the solid fellowship that we have in this place. Thank you for your children who are joyfully serving you in this place. Thank you, Lord God, for all the members, for always being part of the ministries, whether in serving, whether in teaching, whether in giving. Lord, there is really so much to be thankful for. Lord, please forgive us for the times that we are ungrateful, for the times that we complain, we murmur, we wish things that we thought it's better for us, but you did not give it because you know what's best for us. Thank you, Lord God, for those moments, for those times. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that is always being a light and a lamp unto our feet, gives us direction, gives us guidance, gives us light to our darkened path. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are, for being forgiving, forgiving for being loving and caring. Thank you, Lord. Lord, continue to bless us and thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus, and for the Heavenly Father. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thank you all. Um, Pastor Sam or our song leaders.